Well, I am really grateful for the music today because when you have musicians that are, are this good and this in sync, it makes everything else seem just kind of secondary. Um, but I want to give it up for um, these wonderful musicians for their gifts today. We'll hear now the word of the Lord from the book of First Kings. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Well, I don't often recycle verses. I think I preached on this like two months ago. But as we've been in this discernment process, um, I've been working with the New Beginnings Committee and the board and the executive committee to talk about a plan for the coming year, which is w what we're talking about today. Um, but I am not going to do the nuts and bolts. It's just not helpful if I do the nuts and bolts. It'll get confusing. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the call from God for us as a church. And when I'm done, Dick Ellsworth is going to get up and do the nuts and bolts. Um, you can blame whichever one of us you want. <laughs> and then we will, we will allow a time for questions if people have questions, and we will be open and transparent about this system. Um, I will tell you up front, we're not selling the building. We're not moving. This is not like a... The earth is not going to move from underneath you during this time. This is just a decision that we have been trying to make about how God is calling us forward and how to be most faithful to God. And I wanted to begin by talking about a moment in my life in which I experienced that call of God that um, disrupts what you're doing. Um, Nadia Boltz Weber, the Lutheran pastor, has this story about earlier in her life she was had problems with addiction and with just a sinful life in that she said one day God reached down and picked her up and said, you don't go here anymore, you go over here. And just altered the course of her life with kind of the snap of a finger. And I don't have a story quite as dramatic, but I'll tell you that probably three or four years ago, I was having a time in ministry where I was really struggling with being a pastor. When you go to seminary and they teach you to be a pastor, they give you all of these best practices and you do A, B, and C, and here's the box that you fit into. And so your first four or five years of ministry, you try to fit into the box. Um, and the box, it turns out, is not Andrew-shaped. It's not anybody-shaped. It's just a box. And so I was struggling with, well, I don't fit into the box they gave me. Maybe ministry isn't for me. Maybe it's not the thing that God has called me to and I've been mistaken. And I was on a retreat for young clergy. They have these retreats for young clergy because young clergy burn out at a, at a very large rate for this exact reason. And at the retreat, we had a day of silence. There was always a day of silence, Wednesday, 7 a.m. to Thursday, 7 a.m. They did a worship service to enter us into silence, and they read this passage from 1 Kings. 
And these words just reverberated in my head. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And it was a call for me that spoke to this rut I felt myself in. God didn't call me to fit in the box. God doesn't like boxes. God does everything God can do to break boxes into pieces. And so I had to sit with this question God was asking, what are you doing here? I didn't call you to be like everybody else. I didn't call you to do ministry in the same way. And you know, I think we live in an era of best practices. Um, I get this email, there's this pastor up in Canada who has helped a bunch of churches grow really large and has all these strategies. And almost every day he has another list. Um, Seven things you should do to make coffee hour better. Eleven things you should do to make the website the way it should be. Three things you should do on Monday morning before staff. I mean, it's every day it's a list. There's a list of things that you're supposed to do. And I think we live in this world where there is a list for us. It was true for me as a minister. I stressed out when I moved to Portland because I didn't have, I was told, I kid you not, that you should have at least ten friends that aren't related to your church which I'm, young people know, that's impossible. Does anybody have 10 friends? Is that a thing that can be done? And as an introvert, I was really stressed about this. These are the kinds of things. We have these best practices, which are really well-meaning, and some of them are really valuable. But we run the risk of saying, this is what you have to be. And so for church, we have the same thing. If I were to ask church members, what goes into making a healthy church? We have a list. Um, it, you could, you could probably name the things. It has a choir, and it has a youth group, and it probably has graded Sunday school on Sundays, and it has kids just pouring out of every nook and cranny in the building. Um, it, it ha- we have a model in our head of what church is supposed to look like, of what it is, of how it works and functions. We even have communion goes after the sermon, which is why we did it this way, to kind of mix it up just a little bit. Because the problem is, if you create a formula, a box, and say you have to fit in this box, well, nobody fits in the box. And you will get stuck in a rut if you spend your entire life trying to fit yourself into the box, because there will inevitably be no room for an arm or a leg or a foot. Something will get cut off and not belong. There is no 11-step plan for church. And so I imagine in the scripture today that Elijah has gotten himself in a rut. That he has fled Israel and he is in this cave and he is waiting on the word of the Lord and he hears God in the silence. And I I love the beginning of this passage because God starts by saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah goes, oh, I've been very zealous for the Lord. I've wanted to help fix Israel. And God didn't ask if you were zealous. God didn't ask if you were supposed to be a prophet. God asked, what are you doing? What are you doing? What is your mission, your call? Zealousness is great. Faithfulness is great. What are you doing with it? And this, I think, is kind of a really common thing in Scripture. I think back to Moses, and God appears to Moses in a burning bush and says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. And what's the first thing Moses says? I'm not good at speaking. You, you don't want to send me because I'm not a good public speaker. And I imagine God saying, well, I didn't ask if you were a good public speaker. That's not what I, what I asked you. It's almost, 
I'm sending you, and I will make a way. You get into the prophets, and Jeremiah and Isaiah have these, at the beginning of their books, have these conversations with God. Jeremiah says, I'm a boy, you can't send me. Isaiah says, I don't have a good tongue, but you can't send me. And I imagine God saying, I didn't ask if you were old enough. I said, I'm going to send you. And I think about the Apostle Paul, who is not the person you would send to teach love and mercy to the Gentiles. He spends his early life going around murdering Christians. He's not the person who is right for this job. But God doesn't ask whether or not Paul is the perfect vessel for the gospel. He doesn't make sure that Paul checks off all the boxes and fits the profile of messenger or apostle. God just knocks him off his donkey and asks, why are you persecuting me? Which I really kind of think is another way of saying, what are you doing here? Is this how you're spending your life following the scripture? Persecuting people? What are you doing here? I think this is how God calls people to new ministry. By disrupting what they're doing. By taking whatever they have going on and saying, no, you're not doing that anymore. I'm going to pick you up off of your path and put you on a new one. And so if we are honest as church, we are in a rut. I don't think this is First Christian Church. I think this is church in America. The ways of church don't work anymore. The box that used to exist for church, we don't fit in it anymore. And nor do people out on the streets. It just doesn't work the same way. We used to, you know, churches like to do things like, well, we need young people, so we should have more programs. Um, young people are, it's, the millennials are the busiest generation in history. Um, I mean, we work harder than previous generations have. We don't have time for more programs. There's something else that is needed. Dick and I talked this morning, and one of my favorite authors, uh, Barbara Brown Taylor, has this quote where she says, people don't need to know more about God, they need to know more God, not about but knowledge of God. And so if we are going to seek to fit into a box or to an 11-step plan or program, we're not going to fit. There is no, if you do these things in this way, in this order. And so we look at Scripture and we see how God speaks to people, how God calls them off of their paths, calls Moses off of his path to the bush, the ways in which he calls Elijah and says, go sleep in this cave tonight, the way in which he calls the prophets or the way in which he sends Paul into Arabia for three years before he, before he ever preaches the gospel. God calls people off of the path they are on so that God can disrupt what they are doing, so that God can make changes and make new things happen. And so this is what we are going to propose as a church um, this is what New Beginnings has led to. This is what discernment has led to. A year of stopping, of pausing, of taking some time to stop fitting in our box, to stop doing the checklist of things that we've been doing, and to take a year to go out and listen to God. Because until we are willing to get off of our path, or out of our box, or out of our ministry structure, until we are willing to leave that behind for just a little bit, we can't listen to the voice of calling, the voice of God which calls each of us 
and asks, what are you doing here? We can respond, we're being faithful, we're zealous, we are ready to follow God. And God will say, well, I didn't ask all those things. I asked, what are you doing here? What steps are you taking to listen and to discern and to hear God? So this year we are inviting this church into this period of discernment and of listening where each one of us individually will be invited to listen and collectively we'll be gathering in small groups to listen to see if we can hear God's voice, to allow ourselves to wander off the path a little bit, to hear God ask us, what, what are you doing here? And so I'm gonna invite Dick forward to tell us a little bit more about what we're proposing that we do here. It's, all, it's always fun when what we are inviting you to do is not to do more, to do less. But it is indeed a plan. 